Hi everyone, my name is Christine Rader and I'm one of the pediatric surgeons at Connecticut Children's Medical Center and I am here today to talk to you about common chest wall complaints in children. The three um, topics that I will talk about briefly today are pectus excavatum, pectus carinatum, and slipping rib. So to begin with um, the most common complaint that we see in children and adolescents, I will start with pectus excavatum. Um, pectus excavatum is an unbalanced overgrowth in the costochondral regions of the chest wall. And what happens with excavatum as opposed to carinatum is that the sternum sinks inward moving closely toward the spine so that there's a big divot in the child's chest. Um, most of these kids have um, not breathing problems, but really have exercise intolerance um, in addition to um, poor self-image. So the most common complaint I have is that as they get older and they grow and their chest wall sinks in further and further, they don't have the same stamina to do the physical activities that they used to do. For example, I had a patient who was a swimmer who noted that he used to be able to swim the entire length of the pool without taking a breath and now he has to take five breaths. And uh, it's really due to um, not necessarily a lung problem, but um, the venous return and um, ability to keep that blood going to keep up with the physical exertion that they want to achieve. So there are, um, there are many uh, things that we do and many um, visits that we um, use to evaluate whether a patient with pectus excavatum uh, needs surgery. And when we first see a patient, we um, evaluate how severe their divot in their chest is, if they have symptoms, um, if they're, it's getting more deep as they grow. And um, we usually start with a chest X-ray. The chest X-ray, um, gives us an indication and an objective measurement of how deep the pectus excavatum is. We're looking for something called the Haller index, which is a ratio of the width to the um, depth of the sternum. And we're looking for a Haller index over 3.2. And if we see that, then we know that the patient um, is moving up to the moderate or severe range of pectus excavatum and would be a candidate for surgical intervention. 
We also look for um, any kind of symptoms like chest pain or any arrhythmias. We look for scoliosis. Most patients with pectus excavatum do have mild scoliosis. We look for any other genetic um, evaluation, genetic problems that might be there, for example, Marfan syndrome. And we also talk about the patient's self-image and self-esteem. Um, many times these patients are in the pre-adolescent age range and adolescent age range, and they are very self-conscious about what their chest looks like. So after we get the initial chest x-ray and we meet the patients for the first time, we then um, will see them two or three more times for an additional evaluation. It's a bit of a big procedure to undergo and we want to make sure the patients and the parents um, have a good understanding of what the procedure um, entails. And I will get to the details of that procedure in a minute. So some patients may have further testing like exercise testing. Some of them may have CT scans um, in addition to show uh, the degree with which the sternum needs to be pushed out and to also show if there's any compression of the heart. And over time, we get to know these patients very well and we prepare them for their surgical procedure. So the surgical procedure to take care of pectus excavatum is called the NUS procedure. It was developed by Dr. Donald Nuss, who is a pediatric surgeon who um, developed the minimally invasive procedure that we know of today. Prior to Dr. Nuss, there was a procedure called the Ravage procedure, which did not have as good results as the minimally invasive NUS procedure and was very involved with um, large incisions and removing um, the costal cartilages in the area and placing struts. And the outcome was, was not optimal. So uh, Dr. Nuss um, thought about bone growth and realignment and um, decided to try placing a steel bar behind the sternum uh, minimally invasively. So just two small insert incisions on either side of the chest to place the bar and push the bar in a concave manner, pushing the sternum outward. Patients keep the bar in for three years and after three years, the bar is removed in an outpatient um, surgical procedure. The surgical procedure itself uh, in the past had uh, a lot of pain associated with it. Because you go into the operating room with the sternum press downward and leave the operating room with the sternum pushed outward, um, children really um, had a lot of pain associated with it. They were in the hospital for about a week. They were 
a week at home, also recovering, and all different modalities of pain control um, were tried over the years, including um, epidurals, on cue pumps that slowly let out um, a small amount of um, subcutaneous um, analgesia over the course of an entire week. Um, but now in at the present time, we have adopted uh, something called cryoablation. Cryoablation has been adopted across the country and internationally for uh, the NUS procedure. And with cryoablation during the procedure, um, we use a probe in the chest cavity to freeze several layers of the neurovascular bundle going to the chest. So in this manner, the nerves are frozen, but not severed. So the patient's chest is numb for about four to six weeks, um, but then they can leave the hospital within a day or two of the procedure. And it has really been a game changer for these kids who are undergoing the NUS procedure for pectus excavatum. So the next topic that I want to uh, talk about is pectus carinatum. Pectus carinatum is the opposite problem of pectus excavatum. It has been known in the past as pigeon chest or um, the, where the sternum is poking outwards and the midsternum or the costochondral um, junction is really pushed out, making um, a, a big outward tilt of the sternum. Unlike pectus excavatum, the main symptom for pectus carinatum is pain. Um, patients really get um, discomfort at those costal cartilages and sometimes right in the center of the sternum. And um, that pain can continue uh, until uh, the patient stops growing. The symptoms of difficulty breathing or, um, or exercise intolerance really don't occur with pectus carinatum and it was really um, more so a cosmetic problem. However, it can be very difficult, again, for these kids who are in pre-adolescent um, age range to have um, an abnormality of, of their chest. So um, symptoms like not wanting to take off your shirt to go to the beach or go to the pool um, or something like that are considered when we consider therapy for pectus carinatum. The mainstay for of therapy for carinatum is a brace. And um, that brace has been developed over time and it has been found to be the best treatment for pectus carinatum. It is a brace that goes around the entire thorax and places gentle pressure on the sternum. 
patients have to wear the brace 10 to 12 hours a day. A lot of my patients wear it to bed because they don't want to wear it even under their shirt to go to school. But as long as they're getting 10 to 12 hours of brace um, on them per day, uh, the majority of our patients have um, a great result with this. The third topic I want to talk about is something called um, slipping rib. Slipping rib um, is a problem where there is lower rib pain, usually seen in teenagers. Um, sometimes it can be confused for abdominal pain um, and is really localized to the lowest cartilages of ribs seven through 10. And the etiology of slipping rib is that these lower cartilages, which should be fused, um, tend to move. And so there are different positions that the patient may have the most pain in where the lower cartilage rubs on the one above it. And you get pretty severe pinpoint pain in that area. For example, I had a patient who was a tennis player and every time she bent over to serve, her cartilage of one side slipped under the cartilage above it and was very painful for her. So to treat slipping rib, we start with conservative treatment at first, which is NSAIDs, physical therapy, or sometimes even a nerve block. But however, if the pain persists, surgery is indicated. And the surgery for slipping rib is removal of those cartilages that are moving and causing the inflammation on the one above. Um, it's also an outpatient procedure um, and um, patients tend to have really good um, results from the removal of the cartilages that are causing the pain. So those are the three major um, chest wall complaints that I see um, in our chest wall clinic, pectus exovatum, pectus carinatum, and slipping rib. I'm happy to answer any questions by email. My email address is crader, C-R-A-D-E-R, at connecticutchildrens.org. Thank you.